Sunday morning, Sunday after Easter, where do we go? Where do we go from now? Well, Jesus, we know, spent a further 40 days with his disciples and with friends, appearing in different places to different people and um, just simply spending time before he ascended to be with the Father again. And uh, during that time, he had some significant meetings. He met up with Thomas uh, on the road to Emmaus and he revealed himself to him. There was that extraordinary story when Jesus returns to Galilee where many of the disciples had been and they'd gone fishing again. And Jesus had to have the most incredible reconciliation, reinstating uh, conversation with Peter, who of course had denied him uh, before the cross. And it was on that time, in that conversation, that Jesus needed to restore right relationship but also confidence in Peter because his task was coming, his task to uh, build the church of which the church of Jesus was to be built upon. And he had a very important mandate given to him. And uh, so we pick up those stories in that time, but also there were some significant conversations that Jesus had. It was during that time that he instructs to the disciples the Great Commission. We read that at the end of Matthew, Matthew chapter 28 where he says to the disciples, go now, see everything that I've, I've done with you, I've taught you, I've trained you, it's your job now, over to you, go make disciples, go make others like us, teaching them to obey uh, what I have instructed to you, uh, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It was also another conversation that he had when he said, I'm going to be going soon, but wait, wait in Jerusalem. Wait there for the promised gift of the Holy Spirit, which you've heard me talk about. And you can read lots about Jesus' talk uh, or conversations about the Holy Spirit in the book of John. It's really, really helpful to go there to begin for us to understand uh, the Holy Spirit. You see, the Holy Spirit is God and is one with the Father and the Son. And I'd encourage you, if you're a bit unsure what that means, then, then, then go there and read that. But Jesus says to the disciples, wait, wait in Jerusalem. The Holy Spirit is coming and he will empower you. He will give you and remain with you as have I been with you all that time. And he'll give you uh, the ability to, uh, to go and to make disciples. It's the, the Holy Spirit that comes upon us that helps us to fulfill the Great Commission. But the Holy Spirit also uh, is God and it changes us from the inside out. And that's really where we want to go over these next coming weeks. We're going to be camping out in a passage in the book of Galatians. It's, it will be very familiar to some of you or many of you. And it might not be, it might be completely alien. It might even be the first time you've even heard about this. And uh, we're talking about the fruits of the Spirit over these coming weeks. And uh, I want to read that passage. It's in Galatians chapter 5. So if you've got a Bible or you've got it on your phone, get that out, get that ready. We're going to be reading some verses from there. But what I want to do really this week is just put uh, this chapter, this portion in some sort of context so that we understand where it's come from. And that helps us know where we're going as well. And so... Uh, the book of Galatians is really a, a letter, or it's known as an epistle. It's, it's, it was written by a man called Paul. His former name was Saul. And he was a man 
who was a, who was a zealous Jew. He was a man who, who knew the Torah. He knew the law. He knew the book before the New Testament was written. And in fact, he became uh, the most significant writer of the New Testament. And Paul, he actually writes this in Galatians chapter 1. He persecuted the early church. He was, he was really, really bad and really mean uh, towards the uh, early followers, the early believers. And he wrote this um, himself. He said, For you have heard of my previous way of life in Judaism, how intensely I persecuted the church of God and tried to destroy it. I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age among my people and my extremely zealous for the traditions of my fathers. But when God, who set me apart from my mother's womb and called me by his grace, was pleased to reveal his son in me so that I might preach him among the Gentiles. It's important that we understand Paul's background. We understand that he's coming from, uh, from the traditions of his forefathers of Judaism who uh, who in their attempt to know God and follow God and be in right relationship with God, uh, followed the law. Now, the law was really what, what came from the Ten Commandments. And uh, what, what, what happened was they took the Ten Commandments and they tried to, uh, to add just greater detail to, to the outworkings of those. And so uh, the people of that time and still uh, Jewish followers today would, would observe uh, various law and they would practice various ways so that they can have relationship with God. And yet we know ourselves that we can try and follow law. We can try and follow uh, good practices and do good things and, and tick the right boxes to kind of stay within the right boundaries. And, uh, and yet we know that we're, we're always going to fail. We're, always, we're, we're never going to be able to match up to everything that we're supposed to be doing. And ultimately, what we need is God's help. We need him to come and live in us and through us and changes us from the inside. And that's what happened through the fulfillment of Jesus' death and his resurrection and the new life that we have. And so we no longer have to uh, fulfill the requirements of the law. We live in grace and we live by faith in Jesus through the Holy Spirit being revealed in us and then through us. And we become changed. Uh, from the inside out. Jesus himself said that he had not come to abolish the law, rather to come to fulfill the law. And uh, so the context of, of the book of Galatians was really, Paul was writing to uh, the churches that were scattered in this region of Galatia. And, and he had learnt, he had found out that, that the leaders of those Christian communities were requiring the Gentile converts. Now the Gentiles were those who were not Jewish. They were, they were expecting the Gentile converts to Christianity, to relationship with God through Jesus, to fulfill the old methodology, to fulfill the old law, to fulfill the old practices and traditions of Judaism. And Paul's writing to them saying, no, no, no longer required to follow to the letter of the law. It's through relationship with Jesus. 
empowered by the Holy Spirit. That's how we're to live our lives. And that leads us to the beginning of chapter 5, to one of my favourite verses in the whole of the Bible. And it says this, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Now we could just camp out on that verse or those lines just for the rest of the time and just even let that dwell in us. Just ponder that, meditate on that. It's for freedom, freedom that Christ has set us free. But he does go on and he says this, Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. And he's simply saying, don't be burdened by that, 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 that living under the law, the slavery of being under the law. Don't, don't go back to that and following those ways. It's for freedom. It's freedom. And freedom comes through what we celebrated last week. It's freedom that comes as, as we invite the presence of God into our lives. More and more and more that we become free of our hurts, our hang-ups, and our habits and that's what God is inviting all of us into it is for freedom um, and it comes from the inside out you know we can try really hard to be a follower of Jesus we can tick this box and do this thing but actually it's ultimately only him who changes us in Romans uh, 12 and somewhere in verse 2 from the message translation says this fix your attention on God you'll be changed from the inside out. And that really just leads us into the context of the passage I want to read. Galatians chapter 5, starting at verse 13 and reading through to 26. So if you've got a Bible, read along with me. Otherwise, just, uh, just listen in. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbour as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, live by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. Wow, what a bunch of incredible words and exhortations 
to us. The word flesh here is used many times and it simply uh, means our own selfishness, our own sinful desires that we have and, uh, and they came really as a result of the fall. The fall meaning way back when in, in, the, in the first two, three chapters of Genesis where we read where Adam and Eve chose to actually disobey right relationship with God and decided to choose their own way of doing things. And as a result, we inherently, as, as mankind, as human beings, uh, have our own selfish, sinful, fleshly kind of desires. And, um, and yet what Paul is writing here is saying is, don't use your newfound freedom that we have in Jesus to basically do whatever we want. Because that's not the point. That's not the purpose. And I can actually understand how, actually even since Jesus, throughout the traditions, throughout the centuries, uh, followers of Jesus and churches have, have come up with our own kind of set of rules and regulations or code of conduct. Uh, we don't call it that, but, but you know what I mean? It's like, you should do this, you shouldn't do that. And, and before we know it, we can become rule-bound, and, and I understand that. Like I'm a, I'm a rule keeper. <laughs> you know, I would verge towards kind of the legalistic side of things. Why? Because I, I kind of don't want to stray away from the from the safety and the boundaries in which God actually invites us to live in. And I can understand how we do, how uh, you know we can do that. We can set certain boundaries that or ways of living to attain to. And, uh, and yet, you know, as a, as a people, as a church, as Carrot Folks Vineyard, we, 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 we don't want to be under the law. We don't want to follow a set of rules and regulations. Um, but we do want holiness and we do want to live in right relationship with God. You see, uh, I shared this story uh, maybe a year or so ago, and it, and it came from an interaction that I had uh, with a couple of ladies at one of the events that we were running. Uh, uh, Carrick Vineyard some time ago, a number of years ago, and um, I'd never met uh, a couple of these ladies and they had walked out of one of our buildings down in, in the town centre and one of them lit up a fag and was smoking away and uh, I, I nearly became embarrassed because I was there because I'm the pastor and uh, you can't do things like that in front of the pastor of course and, um, and this other lady turned to me and said, oh don't worry that's okay you know anything goes at vineyard and I was like oh no no and uh, and, and she meant uh, carrot focus vineyard not vineyard vineyard but carrot focus anything goes you can do what you like I was just like I'm gonna jump on that no no that's not what it means at all at all you we want to live in freedom but actually freedom comes from obeying what God uh, is leading us into and so there are right practices still, absolutely, but it comes out of relationship with God and Him empowering in us and through us, not through just trying really hard to kind of keep the rules, as it were. Um, at the, a bit further on in the passage, uh, Paul writes this. He says, the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbour as yourself. And I don't know about you, but right now it's just such an incredible opportunity for us to display uh, that commandment through loving our neighbours as ourselves. And 
again, just just our own neighbours in our local neighbourhood where we live. Just communication through our WhatsApp group and coming out and cheering for the NHS is just a wonderful part of our week now. It's a bit of structure in our kind of structureless kind of life at the minute. But also being at a shop for one another and care for various individuals. And uh, given the boundaries and constraints that we have, it's a wonderful opportunity. We're really demonstrating love for one another in the most incredible uh, way and gracious way right now. Paul rightly makes a comparison uh, between what it means to live uh, out of a place of the flesh or a place of the spirit. And he says, doesn't he, makes this, this contrast that they're in conflict with each other either live in the flesh and please yourself and do what you want, or we live by the Holy Spirit. And he lists those things, living by the flesh, are really obvious and they're demonstrated. Uh, sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, etc., etc. I'm not going to read the list again. But then he says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, Forbearance, another word for forbearance is patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. He says against those things there is no law. There is no law. And I guess a question for us to ponder and to reflect on this morning is, what kind of life do we want to live? What kind of person do we want to be? What kind of lifestyle? How do we want to be known? It's been utterly stunning to watch on the news, on TV, uh, extraordinary, uh, extravagant, incredible ways in which uh, mankind is, is, is helping and supporting one another. In the midst of pain, in the midst of hardship, in the midst of fear and anxiety, People stepping up and stepping out and just doing the most incredible things. We're seeing humanity actually demonstrated in its best. And that is as a result of uh, the fact that we are made as mankind in the image of God. And the image of God just bears glory and honour to us that we would demonstrate that in the most incredible ways. As we position our lives or posture our lives and we practice many of the things that we've been sharing on Facebook and Chantelle has been doing a great job uh, looking at ways that we can read the scriptures and we can spend time in prayer through uh, encouraging one another through our life groups that are meeting uh, through Zoom calls or whatever it might be. We're spurring one another on towards relationship with Jesus through the person of the Holy Spirit. It is the fruit of the Spirit. The more of God in us, the more of God out of us. The more of the rubbish of this world in us, the more that we will just demonstrate our lives will be rubbish that come out of it. And so, as we come into land, I wonder for you, what is the, what is the one thing, or maybe a couple of things, that God is speaking to you about? We're going to take uh, one of these fruits, one of these words each week and we're going to just spend a bit of time on them but which one or which ones are the ones that you're, you'd be saying God that's the one for me, I want more of that bit, that 
characteristic of you, God, in my life, demonstrated through my life. The fruit of the Spirit's love, it's joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Which one or which ones are those that we're uh, wanting more of demonstrated in our lives? Amen. God bless.